This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the Heroes of HP12, the Wiccan Wanderers podcast powered by the fans. I'm Michael Kenny, joined as usual by Adam Cooper, Dan Clark and Damien Farrar-Hockley. Guys, only one place to get started with this one. The weekend's action, a 1-0 defeat against Stevenage. 135 minutes of game time. Um, I think we're all aligned that this is probably going to go down in our long and illustrious history as uh, one of the worst games in our history. Who wants to get started? Where do we even begin talking about this one? Yeah, it was um, it was pretty bad, wasn't it? From uh, from start to finish, from the minute that Taff went down and that third or fourth minute with a head with a head injury. You just knew what kind of game it was going to be, and I don't think any of us could have foreseen quite how bad it was going to get. But um, you know, so so many talking points out of a game that really the quality deserved no talking points whatsoever. But but first of all, you've got a set of completely incompetent officials. I mean, the foul on Brandon Anlin when he's um, when he's injured himself is bordering on an assault and how the officials have managed to give that the wrong way. I'm really not quite sure. Um, You've then got the, um, the incidents on the pitch and off the pitch um, that followed Luke's injury. Um, And, you know, pretty disgusting behavior all around from some of the Stevenage players, some of the Stevenage staff and mainly um, a large majority of the Stevenage fans behind the goal, um, some of whom claim to have been booing at Max, but also shouts of hurry up, uh, get the wanker off the pitch, um, and goodness knows what else. Um, I have never, ever, ever been in a stadium where the players feel that they have to create a barrier between the fans and the player because the abuse that he's getting whilst he's down is so disgusting. Um, I actually really, I'm not, 
I'm pissed off about it, but I'm actually more upset about it. Like I think most, the vast majority of lower league football supporters respect each other because we're lower league football supporters. And whether you support Wickham, Stevenage, you know, Plymouth, um, AFC Wimbledon, we're all quite aligned in the fact that we respect each other because we know what it's like to follow a side who are rarely going to win anything uh, around the country week in, week out. And I'm absolutely disgusted by the behaviour of um, of the supporters. This is, We have to remember this is a football club who previously hired Mark Sampson and have then not too long afterwards, hired uh, hired Steve Evans. So we shouldn't be surprised by the fact that they're a bunch of bastards. Um, but Steve Evans' comments were absolutely disgusting. How you can focus on a result when somebody's nearly died on on the field is just absolutely beyond me. The behaviour of the fans was absolutely despicable. Um, and the behaviour of some of the staff on the touchline was equally as bad. I think Steve Evans actually came out and said that he had to tell his staff just to leave it alone, um, which to me says that if Steve Evans thinks something's out of line, their behaviour was pretty pretty poor. Um, the referee, to start, has officiated a game in a manner that has put players' safety in danger. Um, he's he's let an awful lot go before that the foul on Brandon just not got a hold of the game at all they were very very physical from minute one it was all elbows and pulling shirts um Brandon's got injured that's on the referee's conscience Luke's injury is a complete freak but how you can leave a player lying motionless facing the ground for more than 20 seconds I don't know um the guy should be struck off. I am absolutely horrified by the way that he handled the, the whole game. Um, he didn't seem to know what he was doing. He didn't seem to know what the protocol was regarding if the game needed to be abandoned or not. He seemed to get the captains and the managers together. Then he seemed to be asking the players. Then he seemed to be asking his linesmen. Didn't want to make a decision at all. Um, in my mind, I would rather he just called the game when Leahy got injured. You know, the win was awarded to Stevenage and we forget about it. it, it it's not about the result. Um, there were much, much bigger things going on. And I'm just, I'm still shell-shocked at the behaviour of those absolute arse wipes behind the goal. And I would go as far as saying they are never welcome back at Adams Park again. I'd go as far as closing the away end if Stevenage want to go want to come again. Um, I've got absolutely no interest in partaking in any events with Stevenage again. I I, I will boy, boycott every away game with Stevenage. I'm not going. I am absolutely disgusted by the way that football club has behaved. You know, they came out on Twitter and said, you know, we're glad to hear that they're okay when the good news was shared on, was it Sunday or Monday? Um but there has been absolutely no apology that's followed for the behaviour of any of their staff or any of their supporters. And that's really disappointing. Um, last point, very, very quick one before I let somebody else get into it, is the arseholes from other clubs who are jumping on board saying that they hope that Luke Leahy's breathing through a tube are equally as much of a, dis a disgrace. The one that we've all seen is a, is a supporter of Warsaw. Um, and I call on these other clubs to have a zero tolerance policy against this. Um, 
and to really come down hard on these idiots um, if we want to keep this game, the beautiful game, the game that we love, the game that us guys have grown up loving for a number of years. We have got to rid the game of these fucking morons. And I am so angry about what's happened. Um, I keep saying I'm going to write a letter. I'm going to write a letter. I'm going to write a letter. I will. I will send some form of communication to Steve Nidge and just make it clear on how utterly disgusted I am at the behaviour of their supporters and their management and staff. But to start off with, I think as a group of football supporters, we need to do everything we can to avoid going to Steve Nidge, like we do with uh, with uh, Milton Keynes Dons, um, and don't give them a penny of our hard-earned cash and let's see them drop into the conference where they absolutely deserve to be and give a side who deserve to play football league football a chance in the 92. I think that's a bit harsh on the conference, to be fair. Um, they should they should just be tucked out of football. Um, yes, the referee didn't know his arse from his elbow with regards to officiating, but... I just I, I want to go back to the, the Brandon Hanlon um, injury. We could see clearly in front of him he was in pain. He was writhing. He was screaming. The, sh- the, the call sh- of let him die from the Stevenage fans just set the tone for the rest of the afternoon. Um, and I just it, it, it's beyond words what, what I think of Stevenage. Steve Evans claiming that we were trying to get the game called off. We weren't. We were, Matt Bloomfield said there was never any any intention of that. It was on the referee's advice. Well, you know, who knows what the referee was going to do. But, um, I've still got that image of Luke Leahy lying there. It sort of burned into my brain. It was, I was, I was scared. You know, you know this, is, this isn't, this is a football match. It shouldn't be a matter of life and death. Despite what any, any past people may have said about it. I mean, I came into the Stevenage game recovering from concussion, and I feel like after 135 minutes of that, I probably prolonged that even further. I mean, it was an absolute headache of a game, wasn't it? It was just shocking. Um, I think if you look at the performance itself, it's a carbon copy of Cambridge again, which is a little bit of a concern because for some reason we can't just seem to crack it at home. We seem to be doing okay away and and, and that's not a problem, but we just don't seem to be able to crack it at home. Um, We knew Stevenage would be a hard, resolute side. That's exactly why they've had as many points as Luton did when Luton last went up from League One, um, straight from League League Two to League One. Um, And they'll, you know, they'll be a strong side this season in terms of being hard to break down. Um, by all accounts, Steve Evans is off to Rotherham, um, which unfortunately is closer to me. Why would they the want world, him? Which I, I, I don't really want, but um, probably because he's not done too bad in terms of further up the pyramid with the Peterborough and Leeds. And well, he didn't do too great at Leeds. He's been there before, but... hasn't he, at Rotherham? Hey, I think he's been. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah, sure he's been at yeah, Rotherham. Yeah, I think before. so. I think so. I think the, I think the thing is though, Damo is is we go oh why would why would any club want want him to be there? We have to remind ourselves, and as painful as it is, that they won, they won the there game, and yeah. uh, they're they're sick for fifth in the league. You know they're yeah. a brutal, horrible bunch, but he gets results. He gets results from his sides. Yeah. 
It's it's probably a, a more aggressive version of Ainsworth, I think, in some respects. Is 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 probably the the same tax that we take with that, except the fact that Ainsworth has a million times more class than he does. Yeah. They do say the table. They say the table doesn't lie, don't they? As well, so we can't really argue against them. Yeah, I I I said after the game that um, that you know they're basically like Ainsworth with less with less class. The football was turgid. I mean, it it was horrible. They just came to ruin the game, didn't they? The goalkeeper was taking a minute to take a goal kick from minute one. Um, yeah, from minute one, you know, lot. I think they had a goal kick in like the ninth minute, and Lockie was counting how long it took to uh, how long it took to take it, and he got to thirty seven seconds. Um, and you know he the ball went out one side. He did the old thing where he picked it up and he walked across the goal and he put it down and he did a run up, whacked his studs on the post, then he walked back up to the ball. He replaced it, and it was just that all game. And yeah, we've seen it. We've seen it under Ainsworth, and we know that it works at this level, and we know that it can be successful at this level. But it's that combined with the utter thuggery and the horrendous behaviour that really gets my goat. We always had a manager who was a respectful human being, number one. Um, whether you liked his style of football or not, you know, that was up to you. But we had, when we had Ainsworth, we had a guy who was a respectful human being who understood what it was to be a small football club. Um, and Steve Evans is is on a different stratosphere. Um, should point out that Steve Evans uh, was Rotherham boss from 2012 to 2015, and uh, yeah. as of as of speaking right now, uh, has been their most successful manager in that time since. So Paul Warren, who managed three games more uh, with a win percentage of 35 percent, Steve Evans 42. Was that in the championship so, or League One? In the chat, uh, I don't know, but um, I I think I recall him. They've kind of been yo-yoing, yeah. haven't they, for for yeah. many many years? And uh, look, I, I mean, I I kind of hope that he takes that job really, so he gets kind of, you know, probably found out again, and we don't have to see him in the return fixture. I will say that this is, to, to perhaps not to echo your sentiment as extremely, Adam. I'm I am annoyed, obviously, um, but it's just it it it's one of those games that. You hope that we go there in the return fixture and Smash we him. just do a lot of talking on the pitch. Yeah, like I, I, I saw a lot of crap on social media about how we were going to uh. go fight and give them a, like, stop all that, you know, fake hard boy stuff. You're a bunch of kids. Uh, what we need to do is just go there with hopefully a fit squad and just do them 4-0 and, uh, and not say anything about it. It's just a normal day in the office. That's the That's the strongest retort you could possibly give. Um, I hope that's the case. Obviously, you're going to get a few of the uh, the puffy jacket brigade that are going to go there and, and give it a bit of argy argy. Yeah. But yeah. we've got to remember that all fans have dickheads. At the end of the day, our club has dickheads. Walsall club, Walsall as a club has dickheads. Stevenage as a club has dickheads. Everyone's got dickheads. Some, some got got more than others, haven't they? Shut them up. What shocked me was the yeah. the amount of people that were doing it. Um, I mean, you know, it was it was a large majority. We've all been at away games where some of our own fans have behaved in a manner where you think, oh, God, you know, I wouldn't let my dog behave like that in public. Um, but I think we've also seen our own fans, like, calling people out on it. Um, and I cannot believe that 
you know, there's what 400 people behind that goal that nobody has actually turned around and gone, give it a rest for five minutes. Yeah, I was actually surprised that I was surprised that so many Stevenage fans turn up. We we kind of historically know them not to be the best travellers, despite being quite local. But uh, got got quite quite a few, unfortunately, yeah, turn all up. Jumping, all jumping on the bandwagon, aren't they? I mean, but yeah, there I, ain't a lot going on in Stevenage, is there? The only thing that's come out of Stevenage is Lewis Hamilton, and he's a little bit of a knob, isn't he? So, <laughs> you know, let, let, let's be completely brutal. So, yeah, the the lack of anything in Stevenage has probably encouraged a few more people to come over when they're doing well. So, can we can we talk about the uh, the the Hanlon uh, injury? Obviously, the first of uh, of two serious injuries. The second one was you mean the like, uh, the wrestling move. The, the rest of the the RKO, uh, if you know your WWE lingo mm. for sure. Um, you know it, it. So so the official reason for it being blown in the other way was apparently Hanlon had his hands on Piagiani and it's inconclusive from the angles that I've got. Um, but, you know, what is irrefutable is the fact that Piagiani, who who looks like he'd be a, a handful on a rugby pitch, um, essentially grabs him by the scruff and just throws him, you know, to, to, to the deck. Um, two questions I want to put to you guys is... How on earth? I mean, I understand that the referee might not have had the best view because it was quite a quick turnover, and you know, the you know, the game's game's fast, and the referee was caught out of position as he was many times uh, on Saturday. But the linesman not wasn't so speedy. Not yeah, so speedy. Speedy by name, not by nature. Not by nature. But but the but the linesman, the linesman did have a good view. Um, how how was it that a conversation wasn't had between the uh, between the linesman and the official? And also, do you think that if that happened further up the pitch, that that was a red? That's a, to me, that's a straight red card for Piergiani, uh, a serious foul play. If it was in the I NFL, think... sorry, if it was in the NFL, it would have been called unnecessary roughness, and they go at each other hard. It's just... He grabbed him by his neck, it looked like to me, and just pulled him onto the ground. And, yeah, I, I failed to see how the officials didn't just talk to each other and say, you know, I've seen it in this angle, it looked pretty horrible. Well, yellow card at yeah. least. Yeah. It wasn't no. even booked. And he he got the free kick. A foul at least. <laughs> yeah. Mm. you got to remember he gave it the yeah. other way. Um, yeah. it, 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 it's, it's an absolute... It's, it's a joke. It really is. I I think though, with the additional scrutiny that refs are under these days, I think they're scared to change the decision. And the only reason they do so in the Premier League is because they have video evidence to be able to do mm. that. For them to, you think about it, if from this perspective, considering how lower league football is, in the context of this, ref blows and gives it one way, makes a mistake then goes with the linesman and goes, actually, it was the other way. That then starts the, uh, such an imbalance on the pitch in terms of, are you sure about that ref? You know, and the, and the constant barrage, considering it's, what, 20 summit minutes into the game? You know, it's late, it was the late 20s, I think it was, when it happened. Um, I think refs nowadays are so scared to make a wrong decision. You, you look at Anthony Taylor being relegated to the championship for a game and then he's back up in the premiership. I think these, these refs are so scared of making, being so kind of 
out of sync and irrational and, and making the wrong decisions that they just stick to it regardless of whether they're right or wrong and then they just kind of hope it, it fades away the one thing where uh, you know with it obviously they kind of they came together with that wrestling and, and obviously for, for me it's a definite foul and for me it i feel it is foul play because essentially he's he's grabbed him by the shoulders near the neck and pulled him down to a point where the guy's done his knee in um for me that you know that that is serious foul play and the sending off but um you know football's football's the basis of opinions the one thing that really disappointed me so much more was the duty of care that he did not apply when luke went down and I've just, just when obviously Adam was uh, chatting about it in the first instance, I just had a look at the four match replay again and I put it forward to Luke and just how he went down. And there was no instance of, um, you know, like he, he, he just went straight down. And the ref was in a decent position because I wanted to check the ref's position as well just to make sure, you know, he didn't kind of just miss it, for, exam uh, for, for example, for a minute. And he was in a decent position. And I think he's just gone, oh, he's gone down looking for something there and just and just like let it go. But the manner in which he went down, his face first into the ground. He's got a duty of care for players to to do better. And regardless of whether referees are paid well or whether they're professional or not, if you are managing at any level, whether it's from Premier League down to grassroots you have a duty of care if a player is, goes down like that that you give them the attention they need straight away because that 20 seconds you know if it went bad that could have been such a massive difference uh for, for the rest of Luke Leahy's life really I mean that sounds dramatic but that's that's the scenario we're looking at here and he played on didn't he there was there was no stoppage in play yeah. um and then the, then they, there was the incident with Max and that just inflamed things but it was all. It should have all been irrelevant. That you was, should have stopped the play straight after. Yeah, it was. Yeah, you should have stopped the play instantly. Yeah, hundred percent agree. He hasn't stopped that play. He's given a yellow card on the basis of uh, of, of Max kicking out, which actually, and uh, someone I speak with on social media, Jamie Ketwell, put a slow gif out, slow slow mo gif of that action, and Jamie Reed actually kicks out. Striek and Striek's obviously, obviously a bit pissed off, and he's kind of a commanding this area. He's away, just trying to get out of it. Yeah. And the that was it. Both, it both come in together. It's, 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 just, it's just to come together. You just say cut it out and leave it, and there you go. The inconsistency there was: if he's giving Max a yellow card for a foul, there surely he's got to give a penalty. Yeah, well, I, I think it was a real handbags moment, wasn't it? And really, I think oh, if, you, if, if you're not given a penalty, you need to give both of them yeah. a yellow card. Yeah, exactly. Completely agree. Completely agree. But the fact is, I mean, the fact that he's let play go on when a player has literally fallen to the ground on his face is just that for me that was that was that was shocking. I mean, look, you know, there probably was a discussion between him and the fourth official as to do we continue the game? Because I mean that's regardless of who you are, the, the these people are human at the end of the day and they've just seen their colleague who they go in and work with five days a week for fall like that and you know by all accounts, was in pretty bad shape. Um, it would be pretty distressing for anyone. Um, I mean, for, for me, yeah, uh, exactly. Adam, I would have said the same. Just give Stevenage the win right off and, and we come back in two weeks' time. But the fact that they didn't, I, I, I just think it was handled so unprofessionally um, and, and it really needs to be investigated further. 100%. Um, look, I, I'm a qualified referee. I refereed at grassroots level. I hate 
criticizing officials, but these guys have to be held to account for their behavior and their performances. At this level, we've touched on it so many times. The players and the managers aren't earning the huge bucks that we talk about in the Premier League. They're not earning life-changing money. If a player goes through a bad spell and doesn't play play well, he doesn't get his contract renewed, he can't pay his mortgage. If a manager goes six, seven, eight games without, <clears throat> um, without winning, he loses his job, can't pay his mortgage. Payoffs are going to be relatively small at this level. If a referee has a couple of bad games, nothing happens. Um, the performances, it's the same referees making the same mistakes that they've been making for the last 20 years. The Football League is the poor relation of the Premier League. And whilst the Premier League rakes in hundreds of millions of pounds worth of TV money every single season, the Football Association are not going to start holding the PGMOL to account. Um, there is so much going on at the top of the game at the moment with VAR, etc., that again, they just look down the league and as long as they've got a bloke with two arms, two legs, a pulse and a black kit, they're happy. These guys have got to be held to account. What I find absolutely disgusting, particularly with the Hanlon one, is that the referee's behaviour has caused that. There was five or six incidents before that happened of foul play from both from both sets of players, not from just from Stevenage, from Wickham and from Stevenage. Um, there was one where Tafazolis pretty much body slammed somebody into the floor that the referee let go. As soon as you start letting stuff like that go, you are opening the game up for a dangerous challenge. When Hanlon's fouled, his obviously his, foot, his studs have got caught in the ground. Pierluigi, whatever his name is, um, I've been practicing it all day and I still can't say it. Peter Gianni, whatever his name is, um, has, has grabbed hold of him and has tried to throw him on the floor. And because his foot's planted and his boots are in the grass, he has literally, the whole, the whole weight and the whole movement of his body has gone through one knee. Um, now, he wouldn't have known, but I, I know because of my injury previously that Brandon's had problems with patella tendons and had problems with knees before. That could be, and I don't want to surmise as to what's happened because there's been no official announcement at all. That could be really, really serious. That could be the end of his career. Um, that could be a career-ending injury. And it's all happened because the referee has failed to officiate the game properly in the first 20, 30 minutes. Um, moving on to the Leahy one, like I said earlier, if a player goes down in that manner, f- face flat in the grass, the first thing you have to do is blow your whistle. Now, it is an absolute travesty if he is allowed to referee another game. He has put the health and well-being of two professional footballers at serious risk. And what account is he held to? He'll still walk away with his five, £600 match fee. He'll go into his full-time job on Monday, being happy with his performance and happy with his weekend because he's made a bit of cash. He'll have gone home. He wouldn't even have mentioned it to his missus while he's sat eating a curry in front of whatever he's watching on the telly. It, it is absolutely disgraceful. And these people have got to be held to account like the rest of us are. If we misbehave or we behave badly in a football ground, we get thrown out. If a player plays badly, he doesn't have his contract renewed. If a manager performs badly, he gets the boot. If a referee performs badly, he gets the, he gets a game next He might week. get demoted, and but that is that's it. it. Yeah, that is how it is. Um, and the, the game is so wrong and has been so wrong for so long that, 
it, w- it, it will never change. But we're actually getting to the point now, and I never thought we'd say this, we're actually getting to the point now where the actions of referees are becoming dangerous. I really don't think you get any more dangerous or, or scary than what happened with Luke. Um, I mean, obviously we were in chat, and I was I was losing my shit watching watching that game. As as were as were we all. As were, you know, as was everyone associated with the club. Um, I don't think I've ever been so scared. And seeing that, um, it, it, it immediately took me back to, and I'm probably going to sound dramatic here, but I, I don't care. It's how I feel. Um, it took me back to Christian Eriksen in, uh, and, and when he Lockie went down. Said yeah. That. Different, yeah, Lockie different, said that. Different, Lockie said that, exactly, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, watching it back on the replay, you could see that it was essentially friendly fire, that, you know, he'd accidentally run into to Josh. Um, but it doesn't change the fact. And I, also, I initially thought that it was uh, uh, Joe Lowe. Um, I thought it was him um, because he was he was he was face down. I, I said it to you guys. I thought he might have swallowed his tongue. Um, and just for it to be, and, and then as soon as as soon as Blooms was you know essentially motioned to go onto the pitch, I just I, my blood just ran cold because you never really see that. And, I, felt um, for Bloom, I felt for Blooms as well when you think what he's been through with with head, with his, head injuries yeah. etc. Recently, um, I didn't catch him after the game. I would have liked to have done, but I didn't catch him after the game. But yeah, I really, really felt for Blooms. Um, Pro- prob- probably best that no one caught yeah. him after the game because he probably had a few things to uh, to to say. Um, it, can, it, can I just say though on that is can we? Uh, I'd, I'd just like to take a moment to actually commend how. He handled that situation. That wasn't yeah. Blooms the player there. That was Blooms the manager. Mm. I mean, he. So it was more Blooms the person, I think. It, it Blooms the person as well. But yeah. I mean, the fact that he, it felt like he had it under control in some respects, like, you know, how he was speaking with the players and everything like that, how he handled the press afterwards. You know, he's, for a young manager, that it's incredibly mature. In, in the way that he handled it. And I think, you know, obviously you've got Steve Evans, who's however much older um, and and more rotund. Um, but uh, sorry to be fattest on this uh, podcast. I'm the fattest on this podcast. But, um... I think I, I think I'd know... <laughs> I know who I'd rather have as our manager, obviously, and I don't. Exactly. Yeah. I I yeah. don't care. I don't care about win ratios. I don't care about where we are in the table. I don't give a shit about any of that. the The measure of the man uh, was was to be found in in those post match interviews and and his comments right. afterwards. I have absolutely no idea how he was able to find that level of restraint because I think the the saintliest people on this planet would have had things to say and for him to go out and be so professional and dignified and uh and calm in the situation of of one of the the worst most egregious matches in the history of hp12 ever since there's been football played in those lands uh for him to go out and be like that and to be so measured one thing that i want to i know that managers at the top of the pyramid they set a bit of a bad precedent that means that they you know rep managers have to be hushed and they they got to be careful with the words they say but my question is why why is it the managers can't speak their minds because i tell you what if i was a manager and this probably is why i'm not a manager i would use that microphone as a pipe bomb and i would say all of the things 
with my authority that we're saying on this podcast. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already been booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points at the death. Who doesn't love a last-minute winner. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants, 18+, plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And if I was a manager, if I was Matt Bloomfield, Matt Bloomfield has more insight than any of us. Why is it that managers can't say how they truly feel? Because the world's not ready for because it. Because there are a lot of people. No, because there is a lot of people like steve evans is a perfect example of why that is the case because you have people like blooms who handled it with class and dignity and decency and then you have a lot of managers who just wouldn't and would make comments like that and that's the problem is you can't have you, you know you can't have a balance it you know it's it's good to see players and managers getting their personalities out a bit more in media i mean i do media training myself and the whole point is to get your personality out in the right way, but obviously come come out with it with the right outcomes. Um, but obviously, I, I I wouldn't want to manage Steve Evans' media training, to be honest, because that that would just be an absolute nightmare. Uh, and there'll be countless managers that are exactly the same, and that's why it's unfortunate. But I can see exactly why that's the case. So you'd rather you'd rather blue you'd rather us just take the take the high ground on it then. It's a difficult one, isn't it? I, in personal opinion, is I would rather have the honest views. Um, I do feel if the problem we have with refereeing in some aspects is it can be quite subjective. In the case of Saturday, it was not subjective. It, you know, there were definite two definite um, situations where the referee should have handled that much better and should be held accountable. But there are a lot of cases where, you know, a foul can be quite contentious and it could go, oh, no, that's not a foul or yes, that's a foul. And if you have um, if you have managers coming out and absolutely slamming the referee afterwards, that just encourages the abuse of referees. Unfortunately, people that are, and I think football Twitter as well, actually alludes to exactly why this is a problem, is that you have people who take things completely the wrong way in terms of, of which they were attended and it yeah. ends up in a further serious situation. Um, you'll end up with their referees being attacked on Sunday league grassroots because, uh, you know, someone in league one or the championship has pissed them off on a Saturday because they've made a wrong decision and the, re- and the managers come out and complain against it. You have to have these barriers in place, but that's purely because people can't deal with it and interpret it in the right way that they need to and deal with it in a mature manner. It's a shame, but I can understand it. Yeah, that's fair. It goes back to the same thing as I was saying a short while ago. Once again, it's just something else that referees get away with. 
you know, everybody else involved in the game is held to account for terrible performance other than referees. My opinion is at every level of the game, a referee should have to come out in the press and explain any dog-awful decisions. Um, and they should have to do that after the game when the blood's boiling and the adrenaline's pumping like managers and players have to do because I genuinely think that would make them think about some of the utterly pitiful decisions that are being made. Um, these guys are treated like God and they perform like dogs. Um, it, it's not just once and it makes me really angry. We are not going to watch referees. We pay a huge amount of money to watch our team and all the, the very, very, very minimum that we should expect is that we turn up on a Saturday and the players that we're paying mm. to watch are safe. Um, and on Saturday, they weren't. The, the minimum that we should expect is that the very, very easy decisions the officiating team can get right between themselves. And unfortunately, more than half of the referees that we've seen this season are not capable of making the simple decisions and getting them right. The third thing that you should be able to expect from a referee is for the games to be refereed in an honest manner. And referees are turning up at Wickham nowadays after 10 years under uh, under Gaz, playing a pretty famous, turgid brand of football, and they're expecting us to be bullies. They're expecting us to kick people around the park. They're expecting us to waste to waste time. And that is affecting the way and that our games are now being refereed. Um, I am I am sick and tired of it absolutely sick and tired of watching these absolute morons turn up every bloody week charge through the nose for a completely and utterly horrific performance and not be held to account for it how many times has trevor kettle turned up <laughs> trevor kettle it's the name and how many how many times has he has he performed well He's probably been there 15, 20 times and never had a positive performance, but he keeps getting gigs because the Football Association do not take these terrible referees to account when they make mistakes. Everybody else is held in the, uh, to, to certain rules and certain regulations and certain standards. Blooms is expected after one of his players has, has almost died on the pitch to come out and speak in a respectful manner which he did, and he did brilliantly. But the referee gets to get in his car and go home and doesn't have to say a word, and it's wrong. Um, and the game has to change. We have to start holding the people who are, who are responsible for these morons um, accountable for the decisions that are being made. Um, and the problem is that the, the issue's got too big. This is a training issue. This is a, a, a quality issue. This is something that we should have been doing something about 15, 20 years ago players falling out of the game at 18, 19, 20. We should have been putting them mm. through fast-track referees courses. Um, players coming out of, the out of the game because they're injured, we should have been putting them through referees courses. The Football Association should have foreseen this coming 20 years ago. Nobody's done anything about it because we are not the end of the game that generates the majority of the income with a poor relation and as long as the premier league keeps pumping money into the football association everything's all I think right what sickens me about referees is the fact that it's not just if they have a bad game at the top level they could they just shove them into the afl they, they don't they don't just say no sorry you've done a bad job this week you're off it this week you know they just they filter down the shit basically it just goes further and further down it's basically like saying 
it's basically like saying, oh, sorry, Mr. Surgeon, you made a mistake in that operation, so you've got to go and operate on kids next week. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it, it's just utterly, yeah. utterly embarrassing. Um, and I'm sick and tired of it. I don't want to keep watching, uh, paying to watch these idiots. I don't pay to watch referees. The best when referees are the ones that yeah, you turn totally. up and you forget that they're there. Um, and I, I, unfortunately, the, the standard of refereeing at our level... I get so angry when I see all of this going on about VAR and about referees in the Premier League because you know what? They are absolutely brilliant compared to the dross that we have. Give me one of them any day of the week over the idiots that we are. I mean, half of them can't even run. The the when we had at Oxford on our side, you were sat next to me. He, c- he couldn't keep up with play. We're talking about Richard Keogh. We're not talking about Linford Christie. We're talking about Richard Keogh. This guy... This guy's a linesman. He couldn't keep up with Keo. It is embarrassing. Well, it's um, um, it's before before we have to rename this podcast <laughs> to the referees polemic podcast. Um, obviously, look, you know, I, I think it's um, safe to say that refing at this level is a big problem. It's always been a problem. In fact, I mean, I remember. I remember when we were at Championship only a couple of seasons ago and sharing the press box with uh, Alan Parry, who was incandescent at officiating calls at that level. So it, it's a problem that the EFL have. It's a problem that the EFL are going to have for a long time. It's a mess that they've made, as you mentioned, Adam, and it's not going to go away anytime soon. So God help us all and uh, and God help the players who are going to be impacted by some really, truly abhorrent calls. Um, I do want to talk um, about our performance um, as, as well as as well as the terrible ref calls, because I don't think that we can skirt around and hide from the fact that we just were not good enough on Saturday. Dan, you mentioned that the performance was very similar uh, to the midweek game against Cambridge. I thought it was eerily similar in just the fact that it was disjointed with absolutely no end product. The stats, I know, Adam, you don't like the stats, but the stats are quite damning uh, as to our inability to really just get anything done in the final third. You know, we hit the we hit the crossbar twice. Uh, one was your your mate Pierjani almost putting it in for some poetic justice. Uh, the second in the second half came from a really neat David Wheeler move, but that was about it in terms of our threat. Um, no shots on target in 135 minutes of game time. Second consecutive game at Adams Park where we failed to score. We have you know, a striker problem. Take away the injuries because the injuries are a problem. But the fact is that we have players, we have strikers in this squad that are not cutting it. Yeah. And I don't think on my drinking game bingo card this week, I'm going to have stunning anywhere within that, no. anywhere near that performance. So I'm quite safe and sober this week. Um, yeah, it was it was crap. And for Adam, who doesn't like stats, that's zero XG, Adam. Absolute zero zilch XG. <laughs> I, I so. st- stunning thing for you. Stun- stunningly toothless is what we were up front. Stunningly toothless indeed. And that's, do you know what though? The, the question is, is... One, yes, we haven't got the strikers, but when Dale Taylor's on his day, he'll get a couple. Yeah, you know, totally he can get a couple. But is the question the fact that we're also we're also struggling in midfield in terms of the service because the you know we the, they, so that we game missed three pots pot time that day. That, 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 that's that's we missed absolutely massively, and that's you know we don't have any supply. You know that that front line worked well 
against Fleetwood because we had decent supply. I know Fleetwood was shite back then and they're okay now, but you know that's that's what we're missing. We just have a what? massive injury problem at the moment. I think, I think long term, we've never been one to score loads of goals though. That's the problem. I mean, if mm-hmm. you look at your Peterbriz and everything else, you've got your Johnston Clark Harris's who's always going to get a few. You've got that. Um, uh, I can't remember what his name is, but you've got um, uh, what's his bloody name? Poku, who scores like two goals a game so and Al- things like Alfie that. Alfie Mays just scored his second you know, goal of the night. We yeah. don't have that, and that's. And Alf, Alfie May scoring a load for Charlton because he's in a team now that can supply to him yeah. better than he ever has done before, yeah. and he's bagging in a load. We just don't have that. We've always been about great performances. Yeah, yeah I mean, I've been, I've been like the 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 Grim Reaper this season with our strikers because we have not been good enough going forward, and we weren't good enough going forward last season. Like, I love the bloke, but they're. <clears throat> In hindsight, there is no way that Vogue should have had his contract extended this season. Um, I love the guy. Um, but he is not going to give you 10 league goals. Um, I think if he's fully fit, I think he will. I, I see him close to Mooney, though. That's being brutal. Um, he needs yeah. someone with him. I mean, like, you look at but Tommy it, Mooney back in that season when, when he was playing with Tyson. That's what Vokes is, because he brings the ball down. Tommy Mooney not, came from those upper leagues. He's not, because he got so much ball down. But Mooney well, had players of the ability to play it off to. We have That's signed we have signed a huge amount of players who yeah. are all exactly the same, who can't bloody mm. score goals. Hanlon's not a number nine. Taylor's not a number nine. Debar isn't a number nine. Now, I've seen people getting on Debar's back. The blokes had 45 minutes worth of, of, of football on a couple of substitute appearances. Yeah, He's not had a run in the team. I had a pop at Sadlier last week. He's not had a run in the team. But all of these players are all exactly the same. None of them have the ability to put the ball in the back of the net consistently. Why on earth have we signed or have we got seven players in one position, none of whom are going to score goals consistently? I'm going to If we signed eight goalkeepers who are all terrible, <laughs> you'd be going, what the bloody hell are we doing? Why on earth? Hanlon, love the bloke. He's not a number nine. He's not going to score you 10, 15 goals a season. McCleary, love the bloke. Not a number nine. He's not going to score you 10, 15 goals a season. Votes, love the bloke. Is a number nine, but needs goal scorers around Support. him. Like, so, like yeah. the Bayo Cash get. H- haven't got it. So why is he there? He's, TJ, he's... love the guy, but he's not going to give you 10, 15 goals. Sadly, up. Uh, not going to give you five goals. You know, there isn't anybody in that forward line who makes me think, do you know what? We're going to score loads of goals. That is being really, really, it, it's being brutal. Um, it's being harsh, but it is a fair assessment. We're nearly halfway through the season. We have not scored enough goals. Our top goal scorer is a guy who's been playing centre-back. Our second top goal scorer is a guy who is a centre-back. Right. In scary, we are not scary. good enough going forward. We are not taking our chances. We are not creating enough chances. And you cannot get away with that playing the style of football that we're playing. Luke Leahy has uh, more goals and assists than Sam Vokes and Dale Taylor combined. Yep. Now, I appreciate that yeah. Sam Vokes has been injured. Back. 
He's been injured at parts in the season. Dale Taylor's also had, you know, a fair few knocks and has been in and out at the side. But I think that that just kind of tells you just what what the situation is at the moment. I I, I disagree with you, Adam, on the fact that um, Vokesy's. I'm glad that Vokesy's contract was renewed. I think on his day, um, he gives us. He did. He also. He. I think he still has that. You you know when someone comes off the bench. And and it's someone mm. that used to play in the Prem and play 230 games for Burnley. I think that he still has that factor that the opposition go, oh shit, here he goes, a real veteran. Um, Dale Taylor, um, uh, I'm, I'm, I might catch some heat for this, but I've just got to say my mind is I just I don't think he's good enough. Um, I I think he's got he's got piss and vinegar, and you know we'll we'll put in an effort and we'll run around the park. Um, but I've not seen enough output. Um, he scored two goals and looked fantastic against Fleetwood. Uh, but my mum would probably look good against but- that Fleetwood side. Um, I just <laughs> I, look against Fleetwood. She does That's absolutely. Um, T T J. Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna sound really horrible here, you know. But he played 50 minutes on Saturday and. Um, I, I think this probably is more uh, a squad system issue on Saturday than than a TJ thing. But I'm I'm seeing reasons why he's not getting but, in the squad because yeah. I just don't think he's good at. I don't think he's. Hang on, I don't think he's good enough. I do. I it boils my piss when you playing a forward forward position, striker forward, whatever it is, and I'm seeing you time and time again picking up the ball in the center of the park because you have to come far back. It was having to. Yeah, and, and, and I know. And, and midfielders, you know, the, the two midfielders were the, but, were the two worst players on the park on yeah, Saturday. But, but, the but two is, midfielders should have walked off, looked at themselves in the mirror and gone, I've had a shitter today. But that's that's obviously game management that you know, Matt and his team need to figure out. They've got the good right. vantage point. They can see that that's going on and they need to be telling TJ, TJ, don't. Go, don't come back. Say the same to Dale Taylor. Don't come back. Stay in and around that box because we know that Dale Taylor, we know that TJ DeBar, they're potent and they're lethal if you just let them stay in those potent zones. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was the big frustration. You know, also, let's let's mention uh, Gareth McCleary, who I'm going to quickly, let's get into the hero of the game because I think it's almost undisputed, really, in a game of absolute dog shit that McCleary was probably the best thing uh, that I saw on Saturday. He ran his arse off for 135 minutes when the ball was in play anyway. Um, and, you know, for someone of his age, for his tenure in the game, to just be playing his literal soul out of his body, um, you know, makes me feel good. And um, is, is a real player who's committed to the cause. I'm really glad that we've got GMAC. Uh, the injured in, now in, as well, isn't he? exactly, and another you know another thing to add to to the sorrows of Saturday, uh, the fact that he's potentially injured as well. Um, yeah, we've got a real striker problem. I want it to. I, I all. I mean, the thing is, is we love all of these boys. We love them all. Uh, if you wear the quarters, we, we naturally have to love you. It's by law. I mean, if we yeah. sign. Uh, you know, if Steve <laughs> Evans is ever seen wearing the quarters, I might have to question that rule, but. At, at what point do you have to go, we love these boys, we love these players, they're great servants, but the output just isn't there. And yeah, that's kind of my point. I've been harsh course. about it, but that's, that's kind of my point. You put it really well. You say, that, say, say that football fans are mad, yeah, and I, the definition I, of madness is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. With the squad we've got, that happens a lot, but we're still going to get behind them, because that's what we do. I think I think with TJ, um, I actually see it as a similar situation to Ali Hawahamadi. And I think, and and it was 
DJ actually that put this out on social media where he was saying, oh, you know, one of his biggest regrets was the fact that Ali Al-Hamadi is doing as well as he is and he should have stayed at Wickham. But I disagree. Yeah. Ali Al-Hamadi moving away was the right thing for him at the right time. It was right he went in the career, right league for him at the right time. And will... yeah, exactly. Damo will attest to this mm. when we went to Barnsley away. Um, he came was, on and he just ran around like a headless chicken. You know, there were bits where he was a bit threatening, but he didn't really do loads. And I see TJ on that same trajectory. I see a good player in there, and I think in time he will be great. But my concern is we're not at the right place for him at the right time. Him getting time in League One is not going to do him any good. He needs a bit more time, maybe top end of the National League or League Two, to just go at it. You see, I think you're. I think you're slightly wrong there, Dan. I think, I think if TJ plays ten games on the trot in League One, he's a League One player. But I don't as, know because Jasper's come into it I've and he's, he's absolutely flown. And TJ, yeah, but hasn't. he's had he's had six. First of all, playing in a completely different position, but secondly, he's had um, five six game run. TJ's not never had that. He's never been given the opportunity to say, right, here's four or five games. Go and play out in your right position, which is playing wide of a three, and you're not going to get dropped for five or six games. If he does that and he still hasn't delivered, then fine. But last season, he's, he was still delivering numbers off the bench. This season, he hasn't been quite as potent off the bench, but he's been given five and six minutes. That kind of player needs 20 minutes, 30 minutes to get warm. And as soon as he's got 45 minutes, all that's happened is he's gone, shit, the pressure's on now. Well, let's, let's talk... Perform. Let's talk positives then, right? Let's 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 look at the situation as it is after Saturday. Uh, Potts didn't make the lineup. We we hope that he's back soon because we really did miss him. But let's assume that he might not. We don't know what what the what's up, right? But but well, actually, let's assume that he's going to be back by the by the time the international breaks over. We still have this issue. Hanlon, yeah, he, he's going to be out for a while. Leahy is. Yeah, Leahy's going to be out for some time. Voxy is going to be out for some time. McCleary, unknown. We're, that's a that's a large swath of our attacking force that is out. Now is the time. Now is do or die time for TJ. Yeah. Now you need to give him those five, those ten games. Yeah, and now we're going to really, truly see what he's made of because diamonds are made under immense pressure. <laughs> I love that. And we have no... We have no fucking strikers. TJ, it's TJ's time. Now it's do or die time, okay? If, if he doesn't cut it in the next five to ten games, I think we have all the proof that we need of where his level is. Yeah, um, he's, a, he's a wonderful Love. human. He's fantastic for Gibraltar. He's, you know, he wants this opportunity. I think we've got he's gonna have to play for him He's going to have to play him. And so he's going to have to step up. He's going to have to, yeah. He's... You say that though. I've just got a text off for you, Sando, and he's just dusted his boots off. The bus, so well, we're, we're let, but let's also just say though, quickly, just you know, because I, I, you know, I love some of the talk that happens on social, and um, I do. But let's 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 be real, because some people don't live in reality. I mean, I guess social media is probably not the best place, but you know, signing some kid from Amersham that scored 26 goals in 17 games, like that is not a fix no. for League it's One. Not. You know, It's a good development um, squad solution. It's good for the development squad. You want you want these non-league gems. Just Sam Grace has done an amazing job. So to bring someone like that into the development squad, that's exciting for us. Absolutely. But as, a, as an that's... immediate fix to go into our next no, starting no, no, lineup, no. 
you know, Absolutely and, and not, that's, no. that, that, that's no. the kind of conversations that I'm seeing serious people seriously. Oh, that friendly people are like, saying, I'm expecting to see the signing gif at five o'clock this evening. It's like one, one, one trial match, really? Yeah, we, we, we sign him to our development squad and lock yeah. him up for, for a year. <laughs> and, that's, uh, that's all I want. That's all I want yeah. from that. And I'd be happy with it. Uh, I'm not expecting him to start at all, but it'd be nice. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Do you do you realistically see though that we might have to do a little bit of January business? Yeah, hundred percent. I'd be annoyed one, if we didn't at this realized... point. I mean, it's actually sorry. Once once we've assessed how long the injuries are, then we need to make the decision on when we, whether we need to sign someone. Because if we've lost Hanlon for the rest of the season, maybe and Vokes for what nine, ten weeks or something like that, we we have to have to bring a striker in. We have to. We do. I think regardless, we've got space, so I don't see why we wouldn't. Um, we need someone who's... Uh, the problem is it's not a loan striker, is it, really? We've we've used up as much loan as we can unless Kean Brecken goes. I mean, he obviously he hasn't started yet, so he's prob- Man City are probably looking for someone who's going to give him time. Um, unless you free up that loan space, then then okay. Um, we, we we do need something, but I don't know what the solution is. Uh, I would be annoyed at this point if we don't go into January. But if you look at the the flip of the coin, alternate reality, if we still had Gaz in there, we'd have a much smaller squad, and we would literally be shitting ourselves at the moment because we would have very very young players who have little yep. league experience yeah. playing. So be thankful that we've got a decent depth at this moment in time. But, but my God, it's I've never known but like I said, this level of injury before. Much- all the players that are fit now, most of them, especially the replacements, are very much the same. So we're not replacing anything with extra quality, unless unless you put someone like Potts on the bench, you will do. But you can't do. You've got to start him. The people who they come on at the moment that we have got available, they're just they're we're like for like. We're not actually bringing the level up with the substitutions, and that's the problem. Really quickly, um, just touching on injuries. Um, What's your boy's opinion? Do you think that the the change in the style of play, the increased tempo, um, the the additional hard work that the guys are doing has caused us to have more injuries? Um, or do you think we've just been unlucky? Or do you think that we've got perhaps too many players in there at the wrong end of their career? What do you think the problem is? I think one of the volunteers at Marlow Road put a big spooky <laughs> curse on the place and it's just injuring everyone. A couple of Colchester United oh, shirts no. <laughs> buried under the turf. I do, I do remember, actually, that there were a few gnomes that went into uh, into Marlow Road a, a couple of years ago, so I don't know whether they've got some little witches' hex bags in there or something like that that you never know. We might just need to, mm. to smash the gnomes. Get an exorcist in. I don't, I don't know. We've had, we've had this problem season after season, haven't we? I'm, I'm not blaming the gnomes, <laughs> by the way. It's all our problems. Um, but we have had this problem season after season. Is is it something to do with the ground in where, in where we are and how the, how the, the pitch is looked after? Because there just seems to be, could be could problem be. after problem, and it all seems to be home well, they've made or lots on of the training pitch. Haven't they? But there was talk of a little while ago of moving to a completely different place to make it better. And you wonder if it is something to do with the pitches they've got. I, I, I don't know, Adam. I, I think there are too many factors. You bring up too many different variables. Um, we've had injury crisis 
crises before. Um, it, I think that there just seems to be a lot of teams at the moment that have got a lot of players out. I don't know if that's just because of the, the, the tempo and the physical nature of the game now. It's always It always seems to get faster every single year. I don't know if that's just because we're getting older. I don't know. Yeah. But um, I I think, you know, it's it, having an injury crisis is part and parcel of, you know, football. Um, we've got a lot of players out, yes, but we do have some positives. Obviously, the older shot friendly uh, in the week saw the return of JJ and uh, Jack Grimmer, so he won't be eating snacks on the gantry anytime soon. We hope, anyway. Look, I think th- the realistic thing, though, love these players, is they're obviously not going to be scoring twenty goals every game for us. But right. what it does, what it what it does do, is it's a psychological win, right? Because it tells the players that are currently on the injury on the injury list that there is an end for this and they will be back sooner than they think uh it gets somebody else on co-coms <laughs> with phil that's great um looking forward to hearing um uh kane uh, and seeing what he brings for sure um and but but also it is it is options it is i mean jj and grimmer that there are two most experienced players they're going to bring something to the dressing room they're going to bring something to the bench so that's obviously really really good um, I don't think we've got much else to talk about, lads. Obviously, we've got the Wimbledon game in the EFL trophy being moved to Saturday, but no, no one's going, are they? <laughs> no one cares. No one cares. And we're, we're boycotting it. Until and we're Wembley. not going to talk about it. We're... And I don't know who's going to play. To be honest with you, I don't care who's going to play. I hope we play no one. We got eight. I hope we got eight. Eight injuries and five away on international duty. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm um, I'm Santa at the but school look, Christmas look, fair on Saturday. Yeah. yeah, get <laughs> yeah, break out, yeah. break out the yellow <laughs> gift club, break out admin. Um, yeah, I don't I don't think anyone's going to go to it for sure. Um, but um, if you do go, uh, <clears throat> enjoy, I guess, and uh, yeah, take don't your boots. It. It's, don't it's, it's, <laughs> don't enjoy it. Have a have have the worst time. Don't don't order the hot don't order the hot dogs because uh, we we've heard things well, about them. I have it I have it on good authority that the hot that actually wasn't a uh, that wasn't actually at the game the hot dog. Yeah, I, I heard oh. that. Um, I, I he's believe, doing, the, doing the rounds of football clubs. Yeah. I believe it's been. Yeah, I've seen I've seen I did a little bit of an image reverse and it's been it's showing up a few times at different clubs. So I don't think that was actually us. So. To fan the club there. Dan P.I. doing the fact-checking. Right, well, uh, look, let's, let's wrap this up because I don't want to talk about Stevenage anymore. Stevenage, um, if, if you're a nice Stevenage fan, then, you know, disregard a lot of this and continue to be a supporter because every fan, every club has good fans and every club has bad fans. But for the bad Stevenage fans... Um, Go fuck yourselves. Uh, And that will do it for this week. Thanks for joining for another episode of the Heroes of HP12. A very ranty episode of the Heroes of HP12. If you haven't already, please subscribe on Spotify. And if you're... I was going to say, if you're feeling spicy. (laughs) I'm leaving this this in. If you're loving the podcast, help us out by leaving a five-star review. You can follow us on Twitter at Heroes of HP12. You can follow Adam at APCWWFC, Dan at Dan Clark PR, and Damien at Damo1507. We'll be back next week with more discussion on all things Chairboys. Until then, stay well and come on, you blues.
The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.